Good morning, I'm out here in our West Coast studios with Joe Urban from Potrero and with Eric Kriegstein from Respirex, both Theranova properties, and thanks for taking time this morning, guys. Thanks, Thank Joe. Thank you. Thank you so much. I wanted to jump right into it. The uh, medtech industry right now has so much conversation going on about uh, the investment community and first-time CEOs and the talent around that and the investment community evaluating that risk and then the tech coming out. And with the two of you out of the Theranova property, um, not many people know about Theranova, so I thought this was a great chance for me to showcase it and talk about what it meant to you and what it's meaning to you right now. So uh, why don't you guys both introduce yourselves? Sure. I'm uh, Joe Urban, CEO of Petrero. We are a commercial stage company uh, with a product that's used in the operating room and the ICU to predict uh, the future status of the patient uh, should the status quo not change. Mm -hmm. And the focus around that, and you were being really, really humble with that, but that's a predictive analytics, data analytics that's play. Right on acute kidney injury, which is a $10 billion a year market. That's right. Taking uh, real-time data from the patient and giving the medical teams actionable insights on uh, what's happening with the patient. Uh, taking a, a device that's been relatively unchanged for 100 years, the urinary Foley catheter, and placing sensors in the catheter and extracting some pretty incredible uh, insights on what's happening with the patient. Yep. And I want to come back and dig in a little sure. further on that. Eric? Yeah, so I'm Eric Creekstein. I'm the CEO of Respirix. And uh, we're developing a new way to actually monitor and manage uh, cardiac health non-invasively by measuring a signal that's transmitted through your breath that's never been exploited before for this purpose. And what market? And uh, so, you know, we, we actually believe that our technology has platform potential. We've, we're a clinical stage startup, so we're pre-commercial earlier. So we've been laser focused on a very large opportunity, which is effectively managing heart failure patients, CHF patients remotely. Mm, that's a huge market. It's a very large market. So in the US, it's a six million patient population. The cost to the US healthcare system today, both direct and indirect, is about $34 billion by the last count. And that's expected to more than double by 2030 as the patient population ages. Mm. And I've seen global estimates at about 108 billion in the last paper I found. That's a big market. And with the um, aggressive growth of structural heart, and you and I chatted about this last week on a call from New York, we're just graduating more patients downrange from a, a structural heart issue of mitral or aortic or tricuspid right into CHF. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, um, it, you know, it, it is a growing market and the need to effectively uh, monitor and manage these patients in a cost-effective, non-invasive way uh, is, is growing as well. In mm -hmm. a, in a, so it's given me, you know, a lot of excitement about what we're working on here mm -hmm. at Theranova. It really brought me to this seat, frankly. Mm -hmm. And so both of you are CEOs at Theranova. And uh, I've known Theranova for years and Dan Burnett's efforts there. Uh, but the community doesn't know a lot about it. So first, um, let's talk about your background, Joe. Let's share your background. Sure. I came from uh, robotics uh, prior to Petrero with mm -hmm. Fred Mole. We were uh, starting Oris Surgical Robotics, now Oris Health. Mm -hmm. uh, they're commercializing uh, a robotic system that's used in the lung right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, prior to that, uh, CR Bard, Boston Scientific, a couple of startups as well, mm -hmm. uh, mostly in sales and marketing uh, and commercial roles 
that had global responsibility mm -hmm. outside of the United States mm -hmm. as well. And um, just as importantly, uh, you served our country. I, I did. Uh, I was deployed to Afghanistan in 2002 to three, early in the war uh, with the U.S. Army. Uh, we had a mission to uh, open up the country, and we did. Yeah, thanks yeah. for that. Thank you. Yeah. And Eric, your background previous? Yeah, so a little bit different, actually. I, I was an investor here in San Francisco working for uh, a privately owned venture fund. Um, pr most of the focus was actually on the software sector, but I had a lot of autonomy to invest in different categories. And so I became very interested in what was happening in med tech, and in particular, this intersection of you know new data streams from patients, new ways to analyze them using cloud computing, machine learning. And, uh, and I had an opportunity to actually see Dan's inventor of the Respirix technology, Evan Luxon, pitch an event. So I actually be became involved as an investor before I decided to work full time wow. on this company. Wow. Yeah. That's a belief in a tech, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Total absolutely. pivot. <laughs> Jumping right in. And, and we are here, um, just if when you see the ambient or hear the ambient noise coming around or the bicycles coming through or uh, the dogs coming through, we're shooting live from Theranova. So as you look around, you'll get a feel for all the action going on. So yep. my sound man may be... Uh, you know, just we'll just roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, you had so many opportunities working um, out of a Fred Mole company with right. Oris and, and surgical robotics, the tech du jour. Why Theranova? Why did you come here? Well, uh, Theranova has approximately 13 portfolio companies. Petrero is one of them. Uh, we are the furthest in the, the cycle. We are a commercial company. Uh, I know the space pretty well from my time at CR Bard. And I understand how deceptively difficult it is to solve what Dan and his team solved. And initially, I was invited to uh, join the board of directors. And so I did. Yeah. And I sat on the board for about six months, was able to see what was happening with the company. There were some very exciting developments in the market uh, from the clinical studies that were coming out supporting the technology and the need uh, and the, the unmet uh, $10 billion cost to the U.S. healthcare system was very interesting to me. Uh, and then uh, the board asked me to take a role. I sat down with Fred uh, Mole, and he said, swing for the fences, I'll support you any way I can. It's really the ethos of Silicon Valley, and mm -hmm. it's what Silicon Valley's built its ecosystem on is helping others. And I'm forever indebted to Fred for everything he, he has done mm -hmm. uh, for myself and for Petrero. Mm -hmm. And did you have any concerns as a first-time CEO coming in? Were there jitters or? It wasn't so much jitters. It was more, uh, you know, you, there are four stages of learning. There's uh, unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence, competence, unconscious competence. And right. so uh, I knew that coming in, there would be things that I, I wouldn't know and that I would experience for the first time. It's just knowing that, uh, that learning curve that is no matter what you take on. Um, so I, I wasn't nervous so, so much as I was anxious to, to jump in and, and roll the sleeves up and figure out the puzzle. Yeah, and I think you're, now did Fred, was Fred part of the board already? No. So let's just go, because there's a bunch of Fred Mole fans out there. Yeah. So uh, Fred was not part of the board uh, when he and I sat down and I told him that I was going to take over the CEO role of Petro. Uh, and he said, I'll support you with whatever you need. And uh, 
about a month into my tenure, he came in and saw the technology. And I think as a, a surgeon, he was uh, impressed and he saw the need uh, for acute kidney injury. It's something that uh, every hospital in the world deals with in the ICU and the OR, especially uh, in very traumatic cases, whether it's trauma, burn, or uh, post-cardiac surgery, the kidneys are at uh, significant risk. Mm -hmm. He saw that and uh, uh, we invited him to join the board mm. and he joined November of 2017. Mm. Good. It's been fantastic. Yeah. yeah, he always is. He's amazing, yeah, he is. just amazing. And so Eric, you hung up your shingle as an investor yeah. and put an enormous amount of belief and trust in this system. What were the decisions that you went through and share them if you can. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, similar but different to Joe's. So my point of contact initially was, you know, Dr. Daniel Burnett, the founder here of Theranova and his team. And, you know, in, in part of my diligence of the technology, I got to know uh, everyone at the Theranova community, everyone in particular who was working on Respirix very well. And what really impressed me was um, how, not only how, you know, credible these people are as scientists and the quality of their of their work, but also, you know, how genuinely passionate they are about uh, the AAA mandate of building technologies to increase access to health care, you know, mm -hmm. lower the cost of care and improve patient outcomes. And uh, so the combination of sort of their pedigree and, and the, the, the mission to positively change the world gave me um, really a lot of confidence that I was partnering with a group of people that were, were in it for the right reasons and mm -hmm. had, uh, in my opinion, a unique chance to succeed in a competitive space. Mm -hmm. And so you're at a situation right now earlier in uh, the life of Respirix and then watching Joe, maybe just one or two lanes ahead of you. Yeah. Uh, what do you observe as you go through this and, and what you watch Joe doing and the, the board and the council and the guidance he gets that gives you... Uh, comfort and uh, uh, knowing you're part of the Theranova family. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, so, so Joe has, I think, done a phenomenal job bringing in, um, you know, an A-list group of of backers who are not only providing financial capital but tremendous expertise and knowledge in this in this difficult and you know challenging sector. And so that's been, from my perspective, very impressive. And frankly, I'll let Joe talk further, but I think it's a great roadmap for the companies like ours as we scale in this incubator and, you know, approach commercialization, which, mm -hmm. you know, is probably closer than we, than we think mm -hmm. you know, as we, as we built this. Yeah. And I know we're going into Respirix a little later on the details of that, but the simplicity of that tied to the data analytics just is mind bending to me. But yeah. again, that's part of the essence of a lot of the tech coming out of Theranova jail, right? The that's data right. analytics. I think that's been a cornerstone of Theranova. Uh, Dan, Dan Burnett's an MD. He was uh, undergrad. He has a unique background, uh, if you don't mind me. Yeah, please I'll, do. I'll give a quick background on, on Dan. Uh, undergrad, University of Pennsylvania in biomedical engineering. So he had that natural curiosity on how to make things. Became an MD, MBA at Duke, uh, where he studied critical care medicine, residency at Mayo. Then <laughs> Slouch. Exactly. <laughs> and then went to the FDA for a year. Uh, after the FDA spent a year as a VC, and then from there started Theranova. And I think what uh, it's really afforded him is that, that cross-spectrum uh, ability to look at a problem and solve it from an uh, engineering standpoint, understand what the requirements would be at the FDA, and then uh, how to present it to the investment community. And so from that standpoint, uh, it's been very interesting. 
to watch Dan uh, take a technology, apply uh, predictive analytics to it, bring it to market with uh, funding and be able to get through the FDA uh, has been just remarkable. And he does it usually in record time. So from that standpoint, I've, I've learned a ton just hanging around Dan and, and listening, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and one of the things that's super interesting about Theranova is the agility and thriftiness they have around their model and the way Dan has structured the organization with like best in class at the disposal of the six or seven or eight properties that fall within the Theranova family. And, and from my perspective as a talent guy, is when you can give me somebody who would be making four or $500,000 at Clin, head of clinical affairs at one of the strategics, decides to come here, I get that mindset and that high precision sort of fidelity and advice like whenever I need it. Yet, I don't have to incur that burn on a monthly basis. Hmm. That's right. And what Dan does expertly is he, uh, and this has been 11 years of learning, mm-hmm. he does it on a shoestring budget, but without sacrificing the clinical utility. Right. And so that's been pretty neat. And, and where he's brought the company is exactly where medicine is going with applying uh, the, the technology aspect to devices that traditionally have just resided in the body and right. done one simple task. And now he's taking that and creating a platform engine across different, different companies. And that, to me, was one of the, the biggest reasons that I wanted to be a part of Petrero was I know how hard the problem is, mm-hmm. but then I also know just having conversations with Dan sitting on the board where he, where his original vision for Petrero was to take it and provide these deep insights on the patients that are just, those insights are invisible today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you and I came up with this term when I was here uh, a couple of months ago, the patient is always on. Always. The data is there. It's been there, and it's just a matter of taking that data and uh, creating actionable insights for the medical team. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, they're in the ICU and the operating room. They're in a very complex and oftentimes chaotic environment. The patients are some of the most difficult patients in the hospital from a complexity standpoint, mm-hmm. and the doctors and nurses are among the best trained, highly, most highly educated in the hospital. And they're still uh, they're struggling because the technology hasn't evolved as it should have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think we're about to see a pretty remarkable evolution in critical care medicine and the way that uh, patients are treated in the hospital. Eric, you and I chatted earlier this morning before we set up, and we were talking about a recent uh, meeting you were at. And it's start, starting to become very clear that the potential acquirers or investors are falling outside of medtech. We were talking about consumer potential investors, yeah. insurance. Want to chat about that a little no, bit? No, it's it's um it's very exciting to me really that the the landscape of the the corporates that are really involved and engaged in what we're doing is is changing in my opinion in, in some sense for the better, right? Mm-hmm. Because these are these are people that have not been traditionally medtech investors putting capital behind, you know, legacy products like hip implants or stents and so the the projects that Joe and I have the luxury of working on here at Theranova, where we're, you know, we're taking, we're mining unique physiological signals and developing uh, predictive ways, prognostic ways to improve a patient, is appealing to you know the insurers in Asia, to 
uh, you know, the, all the household brand names we have, like Amazon and Apple. And so the idea that we can actually engage and work with them and sell our product to them in the future is hugely exciting. Yeah, and, and I think that's super interesting to explore is in the data analytics world, data really is where the money is when it comes to the patient. I think when you, if you, if you take this downrange seven, eight, nine years, you're gonna have the device manufacturers who are going to be building the things and holding down the rent and keeping the employees making things. And then you're gonna have the data that's spun off from that device. That's right. I think uh, what we're seeing is there, there will be, similar to what you're seeing with self-driving cars and uh, other AI engines that are being created, it's a, a race for uh, quality and quantity of data. The more data you have for your machine learning algorithm, the tighter the algorithm becomes and uh, the greater space that you create in, in the market. And so for us, we understand that as we commercially scale this year and, and next, it's gonna be important to uh, develop a device and a, a monitor that is affordable for the hospitals, but also that we can uh, start to truly analyze the, the algorithm and, and tighten it over time. That's what's going to give a Petro or a Respirix or any of the Theranova companies a competitive edge uh, with some of the legacy companies in, in the industry. Hmm. And Eric, on the side of clinical trials, to Joe's point, the larger yeah. the data set, the more valuable the tech becomes. That's right? right. That's right. So you can piggyback your tech and your clinicals on existing data in the market and devices in the That's market. That's right. I mean, we've, we've been, uh, I can't take all the credit here, frankly, is really, you know, Dan and the team have been uh, very, very clever in the ways we've been able to implement, you know, a lot of clinical studies, animal studies to date, and do that in a very capital efficient manner, which is the Theranova way. Um, so, and we're going to continue to do that, you know, as we, as we are now charting out um, two new clinical trials that we're very excited about, you know, we're even more focused on a lower uh, dollar per heartbeat, call it acquisition cost, right, mm -hmm. to mine for these algorithms. And so um, that's, that's been exciting to have that kind of, uh, to be, be able to work with such experts at optimizing these kinds of clinical trials. Mm. It's been great. And then, Joe, as, as, as a first-time CEO, would you chat a little bit, given where you are right now, and maybe giving Eric um, a little bit of a horizon on where he's going to be in no time at all. What does it mean to have the board and the guidance and the, the uh, coaching as a first-time CEO? Yeah, uh, I, I've been very fortunate and blessed to have the board of directors and advisors that we have. The, from Fred Mole, uh, having started Origin Med Systems and Intuitive Surgical, Hanson Medical, and now Oris, mm -hmm. plus having coached and sat on the boards of 20 to 30 companies over the years, he's pretty much seen everything and is able to accelerate the learning. So that, that's been fantastic. Uh, working with Dan on a daily basis uh, prior to us extracting to our new HQ in about three weeks has been wonderful. Uh, having the access to ask him the questions because over 11 years, He's seen it. Mm -hmm. And when I was going through the fundraising, that's not an easy thing to do is raise money. Dan and, and our board has been right next to me and, and helping as I've navigated those, those new waters. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the traditional investors that are on our board are available every single day. If I, I need to bounce something off of them, it's been pretty fantastic. 
Our newest board member is Jay Watkins. He started Origin with Fred, uh, was in business development at Guidant. Uh, they sold Origin to Guidant, and uh, he's started or led companies over his last 30 years. So having an operator, somebody that can uh, give the, the, the tough advice uh, that helps a first-time CEO has been invaluable uh, working with a guy like Jay Watkins. So for me, it's been neat. Uh, our board of advisors, uh, from a technical standpoint, what we're doing has, uh, for the most part, not been done before, uh, especially in the ICU to the extent that we're, we're building it out that I know of. And having the, uh, a guy like Rajan Patel, the head of search at Google, talk, talk to us and our data team about the algorithm and how to structure it and give us different ways to look at it has been really neat. Uh, Shahid Shah is a global expert in EMR integration, and he is working with our team uh, weekly and helping to ensure that the technology and the engine that we're building uh, can speak to the hospital EMR, which is not a nice to have, it's a requirement nowadays. And then uh, Greg Shears uh, at the Mayo Clinic has been helping us from a uh, clinical standpoint, like the, the feature vectors that we put into the machine learning algorithm and how to, to model it from a clinical standpoint to offer the greatest clinical utility to the medical teams has uh, really been uh, a value to our team. Uh, we have Dan Burnett, who's a doctor, and Fred, but it's also great to have the operator that's on the ground uh, every day, today, uh, and to understand those needs. And then finally, uh, as the world moves towards cloud computing, having a guy like John Ingates who stood up uh, uh, Rackspace and was the chief technology officer, you can't get any better than mm -hmm. that as far as creating that infrastructure. So I would say for Eric, he's doing a, a, an outsider looking in. It's been neat to see him standing up a team of advisors and mentors uh, similar to where we are. And uh, it's just, it's been fantastic to see. And I, I would credit Eric and, and Dan for looking at, at the problem and then addressing it with uh, some of the best advisors in the world. Yeah. And, and that, that's the Theranova way. That's right. And I think as, as we get more and more experience, uh, the outside world, investors, collaborators, licensing will look yep. at this and say, ah, oh, this is a Theranova property or a Theranova leader. And again, you have access to Joe, Joe has access to you. So this mind share in the incubator is really amazing. No, absolutely. I think everything Joe says is right. He's, uh, his playbook is very shrewd, and uh, I keep Joe on speed dial for, <laughs> for the next round. So, um, But we are, we are lucky. We've brought in some, some very uh, savvy advisors to Respirix. Um, so, you know, you'll meet Ricardo Turquetto later. Uh, his day job is optimizing ad sales at Google, but he's been able to apply uh, his skills to actually improve our ability to predict patient health using our signal, which has been fantastic. Um, we have a guy named Dr. Jeffrey Tyson here at UCSF. He's a very uh, forward-thinking cardiologist who's really excited about new ways to uh, use digital health technologies to manage a patient. Um, we've got Dr. Paul Marino in New York, who's dynamite. So he's actually a quite famous uh, ICU physician. He's got a book called The ICU Book, which has sold over a million copies to date. He's extremely excited about applications for Respirix beyond what we've been discussing. So actually, you know, taking it to the hospital for patient monitoring. Um, and we also have uh, Dr. Tessa Walters, who's an anesthesiologist here uh, you know, Palo, in Palo Alto, Stanford trained, who's fantastic. So 
it's been really great building building that uh, cohort around the company. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, we're going to keep our eyes on uh, both of these properties as well as all the Theranova properties. I appreciate you guys taking time out of your busy day today and sharing the story. Thank you so much. No, yeah. it's our pleasure. Yeah. And um, we'll be back again, I guess, in about another 30, 45 days with updates. So I appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks for your time today, guys. Thanks again. Thanks, John. All right. Great. Be well.